It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. You can also find us on the all-new Himalaya podcast app. And be sure to stay locked on NFL, locked on NFL draft during this critical time in the Packers offseason to get not just the flavor of what's going on with the Green Bay Packers. That's what this show is for. But if you want more of a feel for what's going on around the league, and you should, it's important to understand what's going on with the Packers as well as what's going on with the other teams that they're going to be competing with for Super Bowl titles, hopefully, presumably, theoretically, then check out Locked on NFL Draft and Locked on NFL. We're going to have another show tonight. If you're listening to this, it's Thursday, draft tonight. And after the draft, as soon as that last pick is made, we're going to have a show. Now, it's not going to be published right away, but it's going to be published pretty closely thereafter, within an hour, maybe two of uh, of the actual draft being over, uh, we can only do so much uh, because you never know what's going to happen. Green Bay could, as I did on the Locked On Podcast Network draft, trade back into the first round, make your pick at 30, and go back and get someone that you think you can get if you're only using you know minor draft capital. I gave up a second round pick and some fourths to get back into the first round to get Nikhil Harry. If Green Bay can do that, they should do that. And speaking of trades, speaking of what Green Bay could do in the first round, there is a lot of scuttlebutt out there, a lot of information, and it is really difficult to parse what is smoke, what is real. And the reason it's difficult is because oftentimes the week of the draft, you're going to hear stuff and you're going to think, well, that's just subterfuge, that this is just silly season stuff. And then it turns out to be true. What what happens oftentimes is, the, the few weeks leading up to draft week is when you get a lot of the, this team doesn't really like this player or this player is falling, this player is rising. And then the week of the draft, it, 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 I don't know if it's 50-50, but it is, it is, there is more good information out there than I think there had been in previous weeks because we're closer to the draft. 
We're closer to decisions being made. If you hear in February that someone is enamored with a player, be dubious about that. Now, if you hear in April that someone is enamored with a player, still be dubious because uh, it, it could be a smokescreen for sure. But at the very least, we know that teams have made decisions. In February, those decisions aren't made yet. Not enough people have gotten their hands on these prospects. Not enough people in the building have seen the tape. Not enough people in the building have studied. And so there, there are very few opportunities for, for teams to become enamored with players. Maybe Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are an exception to that rule because Cliff Kingsbury recruited Kyler Murray and saw him in college, played against him in college. Maybe that changes and maybe in February they were enamored with him because Cliff has always been enamored with him. Maybe that's the case. Or maybe this has been a three-month-long con for the Cardinals to try and gin up interest for the number one pick. What I think is important for us right now is it? there are a lot of scenarios being swirled around about trades for quarterbacks. It seems like Washington wants to move up. That is not a secret. It is Dan Snyder that wants to do that. We don't know if the Giants want to take a quarterback, but it seems like they probably should. So if Kyler goes one... It sounds like Washington wants to trade up into the top five to jump the Giants to make sure they get their guy. They like Dwayne Haskins and they like Daniel Jones. If three quarterbacks go in the top 11, there has also been a lot of buzz lately that three offensive tackles could go in that top 11. Jonah Williams, Jawan Taylor, and now Andre Dillard. He has moved into that mix. So for all the fans that have been mad in my mentions for the last week or two and, and beyond that Andre Dillard would be a reach at 12, when he goes in the top 10, I want you to remember that I was the one that said he would be worth the 12th pick. If he goes 8, 9, 10, 11, then you don't get to be mad that I suggested he was worth the 12th pick. But here's the thing. That's six players already. We, we don't have Drew Locke in that mix yet. Denver likes Drew Locke. Now, they also like Devin Bush. But so that's six. Three quarterbacks, three offensive tackles. We also think Nick Bosa and Josh Allen are going. We think Quinn and Williams and Ed Oliver are going. Well, that's 10 guys. That's 10 guys. So Montez Sweat, Devin Bush, TJ Hawkinson, you're pushing these other guys down the board. And suddenly Green Bay could be sitting there with a number of players at key positions that they like. Now, I was the one that said I thought Andre Dillard made the most sense or Jonah Williams. If those guys are off the board, then you're looking at Montez Sweat. We don't know if Green Bay has cleared Montez Sweat. I know they they had liked him. They were a big fan of his at the Senior Bowl. They did a lot of work on him through the pre-draft process. And he he makes sense. He fits all of the molds of players that they generally like at that position with the freak athleticism, the college production, can play multiple positions, versatile, and can and can win in a number of different ways. If he's there at 12, run the card to the commissioner. If they haven't cleared him, then suddenly things get much murkier because I don't think Green Bay would be stoked about Devin Bush at 12. I know a lot of Packer fans would be. I don't think Green Bay would be. Now, I I, I think that's good value. 
I really like Devin Bush. I think he can be an overhang defender. I don't think you have to pigeonhole him as a linebacker because at his size, with his athleticism, I mean, he is as as athletic as a lot of safeties and, and more athletic than a lot of safeties in this draft. So if what you want is someone that you can play a little bit of everywhere and can rush the passer, by the way, Devin Bush is a good option. Now, again, if Montez Sweat is off the board and those three offensive tackles are gone, I know that that the ESPN draft special, Mel Kuyper and, and Todd McShay gave the Packers Chris Lindstrom. As Jason Hirshhorn mentioned on this show last week, Lindstrom is very Packers-y, and his stock has been on the rise of late. He is now being mentioned in that 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 range. I I don't know that I love him in that range, especially if he's going to be a guard. I think he can be a very good guard, but I think you know you, you should probably want to take a tackle in that range. That's why Carolina might like him at 16, for example. It's why Miami might like him at 13, for example. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. If Sweat is there and they've cleared him, you take him. Beyond that, the first round becomes very muddied because of what's going on at the top. There's just so much craziness that could potentially ensue. Green Bay could just be sitting there going, we get to take a great player and not worry about it. We get to take Montez Sweat. We get to take Devin Bush. We get to take TJ Hawkinson, who we think can be a pro ball player. I mean, those are opportunities that they're going to have that that maybe we thought they weren't going to have. I, I said a couple days ago, I thought TJ Hawkinson was going in the top 10. Well, if all of these offensive linemen are going and the quarterbacks are going, then there's just no room for Hawk or Sweat or some of these other guys. I know the Giants like Montez Sweat at six, but if they're going to take a quarterback, that's out of play. We don't know if they are. So there are there are so many questions and interesting ones. Now, for a trade down, that makes this more complicated because if Washington feels like they have to get into the top 10, Green Bay is no longer an option for them. Houston is one of the few teams to be rumored as wanting to trade up. But if those offensive tackles come off the board, then trading up to 12 to get that guy is sort of pointless. If there is no Dillard or Taylor or Williams on the board at 12, who are they trading up to get? At 23, they could sit there and just say, well, we'll just take Chris Lindstrom if he's here. Or we'll just figure it out. We'll take Greg Little will take Caleb McGarry. I mean, I, th- I think there could be a run on offensive tackle. This is one of the reasons why I thought that Green Bay should be pouncing on one at 12 if they think they need one. It could be the case that they think Billy Turner is their right tackle of the future. And if they can't get a Jonah Williams, then they just wait. And they just they just do what they do and they take a, a third or a fourth round guy to play guard and and he can compete with Cole Madison and and that's your plan. It's not a bad plan. It opens up you it uh, it opens up your draft in a lot of ways if that's the way that they're able to think about it. We just don't know that that is the way that they're able to think about it. So there's going to be a lot of permutations of these trade scenarios that make it difficult to project what Green Bay is going to do. I continue to believe that Montez Sweat is their T1A target. If he is there, I think they take him. If he is not there, it becomes much more convoluted. I think their goal would be to trade down, but they have to find a trade partner for that, and that's the part of this that that becomes really, really difficult. Speaking of trade partners, we're going to talk about the 30th pick and how this Frank Clark trade 
might impact what Green Bay is able to do at 30 in just a second. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better this is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So Kansas City lets Justin Houston walk, trades D4 to San Francisco for a day two pick, and then trades a first, a 2022nd, and a third round pick swap to Seattle for Frank Clark, and then they proceed to give him $100 million with 60 plus million guaranteed. This is a huge deal. It's a huge deal for Green Bay. Uh, if for no other reason, then they have to play the Chiefs this year in Kansas City. And Frank Clark being on that team makes them much scarier than if Frank Clark weren't on that team. Now, personally, I would rather have just kept D Ford. Both guys were playing on the franchise tag. I would have just kept D Ford and my first and second round picks. That's just me. Now, I know they got the extra second with the D Ford trade, but a first round pick is really valuable, even if it's the 29th pick. Seattle's going to get someone good if they want to. Now, if they take Rashad Penny or the 2019 version of Rashad Penny, that doesn't affect what Green Bay wants to do. The problem for Green Bay is Seattle has a lot of similar desires in terms of the players that they could be looking at. They also happen to have a GM who comes from the Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson tree. So there could be some similar traits that they're looking for. Seattle could use another safety. Seattle could use an offensive tackle. Seattle could use depth at corner. Seattle could use another receiver. Seattle could use an impact tight end. Seattle could use an edge rusher. A lot of the guys that could be in play for Green Bay at 30 
are now also going to be in play at 29, perhaps more so than had it been the Chiefs picking. Although I think there certainly would have been some overlap there as well. But for the Packers, all the connections with John Schneider and the congruency of potential positional targets, that complicates things for the Packers and what they want to do at 30. It also complicates things from a trade-up perspective. Because that's one less trade partner in front of them. Does this trade make Seattle more or less likely to move out of 21? Could it appeal to them to move back from 21, add additional day two picks, and go from 21 to 30? And then they get to pick back-to-back, 29-30. Teams, for whatever reason, teams love to pick back-to-back. It's just a weird thing. They just they 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 like it. I don't know what to tell you, but that's true. Could that be something that they're interested in doing? Seattle always wants to trade down. Getting to 21 could put them in front of teams that that want pass catchers. Getting them to 21 could put them in front of teams that want a tight end. It could put them in position to draft someone like Noah Fant. It could put them in a position to draft someone like Chris Lindstrom. And, you know, if they came out of the first round with Montez Sweat at 12 and Chris Lindstrom at 21, maybe you give up that third round pick to move up and do that just to assure yourself that you're going to do that. Because if if this first round run on offensive tackles does happen early and those guys come off the board, where does Dalton Reisner go? Where Where is Chris Lindstrom going? Where is Greg Little going? Where is Caleb McGarry going? Do all of their values become propped up by this run? Because anyone that needs one of those players, and there are teams in the middle and, and middle bottom of the first round who desperately need offensive linemen. Carolina at 16. Houston at 23. Desperately need an offensive tackle. Could this really explode the market for offensive linemen? Again, this is why I thought the move was to get one at 12. But if a bunch of them are going to be gone, then you have to go from there. I, I think it makes it even more appealing for Green Bay to trade down, but it could make it more appealing for them at 30 to trade up, to get one of these guys, because they've scouted all of them. Juwan Taylor, Kayla McGarry, Greg Little, Chris Lindstrom, Andre Dillard. I mean, they've they've poked and prodded. They've done all their due diligence to figure out what the deal is with these guys, to figure out which ones they like and which ones they don't. And... We don't know how strict they're going to be to their tendencies and their preferences when it comes to these players, but it is the case that when it comes to offensive linemen, there is Andre Dillard, Caleb McGarry, Dalton Reisner, and Chris Lindstrom as top guys that fit what they generally like out of players. Offensive tackles who can play a little bit of guard if necessary. Could someone like Mike Jordan at Ohio State on that composite big board I told you about yesterday, he is in the, that like 60s, 70s range, third round. If if there is a run on offensive linemen, they could say, hey, look, we think Jordan is going to be there at 75 and we feel good about it. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But the reality is there's a lot of these other players that, you know, who knows how they're going to be valued. And who knows if Green Bay is going to value them. You know, they they uh, they met with Chuma Idoga from USC. 
but he's smaller than they generally like. So how does that factor in? He is somewhat inconsistent. He's a day two player. He's not someone you're going to take at 30. It might not even be someone you take at 44, someone you hope can sort of be there at 75. But if there's going to be this run on offensive linemen, that becomes uh, that becomes a, a dangerous proposition to want to be playing. So if you're Green Bay, I think a lot of what's gone on in the last few days, if it's real, and, and again, we don't know if it is, it complicates the draft plans for Green Bay for sure. And, and they really have to try and suss out what the market for these players is going to be as best they can because trying to understand who is going to be available. Jenny Vrentis wrote a great piece for MMQB about how there's this black market, she called it, of information hunting, trying to figure out who likes who, who's going to go where, what is the true market value of these players. And there is a reliance on media accounts and information sharing and reporters talking to teams and teams asking. I mean, if you don't think teams ask reporters for intel in exchange for intel, you are dead wrong. That 100% happens. It happens in every facet of the game. It happens in every sport. This is something teams are trying to figure out. They're trying to do. Now, I I think Green Bay is in the position uh, with two first-round picks and three picks in the top 50 where the, the meat of the draft is to just say, we don't really care what's going on around us. We're going to take who we think is the most impactful player at this spot and and just not worry about it because you know, they have a, a, a potential option at tackle and Billy Turner. They have a potential option at guard and Cole Madison and Nico Siragusa. Those are the, the, the pressing options. Uh, at a certain point, you know, Trey Boston's still on the market. If they don't find a safety, go sign Trey. You know, that, I mean, there are, there are still plenty of options to them. This free agent bender that they went on really opened up this moment for them where they can just say, we're going to take players we think are really good. We're going to let the ball, the board fall as it may. And then we're going to go from there and figure out what needs to be done to try and get better. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuel your fandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. All right, just a few minutes 
on the 75th pick and what Green Bay could be interested in doing there. I think there are some players that are going to be particularly interesting and some position groups that are going to be particularly interesting. Remember yesterday, we talked about the value at 44 at safety and at receiver. So we thought that the value at 12 was going to be there were multiple offensive linemen, multiple edge players at 12. That's where the value was. And at 30, it was a little harder to suss out. It looks like there's going to be less value at offensive tackle there. So maybe you go safety, maybe you go defensive lineman. Jerry Tillery is a player I really like for Green Bay at 30. They're going to get a defensive lineman that they think can be a rotational player at some point and and potentially some point high. I, I think a corner is going to be in play. This could be the spot for that corner. Juwan Williams from Vanderbilt, Amani Awarie from Penn State, uh, Sean Bunting. There are some players in this range who could come in and, and contribute for Green Bay. This could also be arranged for someone like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Miles Boykins from Notre Dame, Andy Isabella. And the Packers met with Ortega-Whiteside and, and Isabella. They have some interest there. This could be a spot for Amani Hooker. It could be a spot for Anthony Nelson, the defensive lineman from Iowa, who could play five technique, can rush off the edge, is a very versatile, great athlete that I think the Packers would be interested in for Mike Pettin's defense because he can play all over. He could be a sub-package rusher on the interior or on the edge. Not as a stand-up 3-4, but as a, as a five technique, he could get some sub-package love. This could be a spot for Dawson Knox, who killed it with his testing and is a, a very underrated player, I think, in some ways. There are some, some people who think, oh, he's just his testing numbers. Well, watch him on film. Watch him always be open and understand that the reason he wasn't getting the ball is because he played on an offense with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Demarcus Lodge. D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown could both be first-round picks, and Demarcus Lodge is going to be a top-100 pick, maybe a top-120, 140 pick, but they're all going to be NFL players. So the fact that Knox didn't get the ball a ton is not a huge problem for me. Also, he can block, so hello, Don't use major draft capital. I have the words of Ben Fennell ringing in my ears on this. Green Bay can scheme up tight ends. So it's not that you don't want an athletic guy. You do. But you don't have to spend major draft capital. Find an athlete who can block. That's what you need. He doesn't have to get open against man coverage. He doesn't have to be dynamic in his route running. That stuff you know, to some degree you can learn. Get a great athlete who can block. And the rest is going to take care of itself because in this offense, he's going to get open. Dawson Knox is the perfect guy for the Packers if he's going to be available at 75. We don't know he's going to fall that far. After his pro day, there were some people saying, well, he's a top 50 player now. Well, at 44, that seems rich for me. Someone like DeAndre Walker from Georgia is a secondary pass rusher. I really like a different type of player than they have right now. A little bit smaller, has got some juice. I, I like an option like that. There, there's a lot of potential options here at 75, and and not the least of which to me is a trade-up. I love the idea of taking 75, pairing it with 114 and 118, and moving back into the 50s for... You know, you you can probably get into that 57 to 60 range and maybe someone falls. 
you know, maybe one of these safeties is falling. Maybe, you know, maybe you didn't get that guy earlier because there were just someone else too good to pass up. And all of a sudden, Deontay Thompson is sitting there at 54. And you're like, okay, if he's there at 56, we're going to go get him. Or Chase Winovich is there. Or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Consensus board has him at 60. Could they could they move back up to get someone like Ja'Kai Polite? I said on Twitter yesterday, I've, I've come around on this. I think he's a player that at, at that point in the draft especially, yeah, I'll give up two fourth-round picks to go back up and get Ja'Kai Polite. I will. I think when you look at what he put on tape, that guy is a first-round pick. Now, the other stuff, I get it. Immaturity, out of shape. You can fix out of shape. Ask Le'Veon Bell. You can fix out of shape. Get him in an NFL weight room and an NFL training program. You can fix out of shape. Trust your coaches. Trust your conditioning program. He's not a bad kid. Bring him in. I'm, I'm, I've come all the way around on this. Ja'Kai Polite to Green Bay. Retire moms to Green Bay. I, I still think there's a possibility that it could happen. So we'll see. 75 could give them a lot of options. I like the trade-up option. Get back into the low 50s for a, for a top 50 player who's falling. You know, maybe maybe one of these receivers falls. Maybe Debo Samuel falls. Maybe Paris Campbell falls. Maybe Darnell Savage falls. Maybe Greg Little falls, the offensive tackle from Ole Miss, and Green Bay didn't get one earlier. And they feel like they can't wait for 75 because he's not going to be there. Go back up and get him. I really like Greg Little. Didn't test. Outstanding. Not the kind of athlete they normally like, but you watch him on tape, he gets the job done. And maybe maybe they can make an exception for someone like that. It's hard for me to see them trading up for someone that doesn't fit their athletic profile, but but maybe. Maybe it could happen. There are, are a lot of potential options in play. Maybe they trade back up. Paris Campbell falls. Someone like that. Justin Lane, the cornerback from Michigan State, who I love and who Green Bay could love. Given his size, athletic ability, Michigan State played him at some receiver. If he's going to fall down into the 50s, go get that guy. Because Green Bay doesn't have a lot of of continuity at at cornerback. They don't have a lot of players that they can believe in there right now. I think Jair Alexander is a star. I think Kevin King, when healthy, is, is a really good player. But we don't know if he's healthy. We don't know if he can stay healthy. And we don't know what Josh Jackson or Tony Brown or any of these other guys are. So... I think they're going to take a cornerback in the first four rounds. Maybe they trade up to get one. We'll see. A lot to be decided in the next 24 hours. You have to be listening in. We're going to have a show right after the draft tonight. So subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed. It's not Monday, but go make a friend. Let them know now is the time to get on board with Locked on Packers. They need to be listening so that they can get all of the info on all of these first-round picks, we are going to be digging in and deep-diving on these guys in the coming weeks, uh, talking about training camp as well. A lot to get to. I got I was I was lucky enough yesterday to be at the Nike headquarters and talk to Devin Singletary, Debo Samuel, and Damakin Sue, Darius Slay. We're gonna we're gonna have some snippets of those conversations on the podcast coming up soon. Darius Slay, by the way, said Devontae Adams, the best player he ever played against. The toughest cover in the league. Seriously, said that. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to those conversations next week. Be subscribed, review us on iTunes, rate the podcast, let other people know that you love Locked On Packers. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Peter underscore Bukowski. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out in the next few days. I'm going to be doing a lot of analysis of the draft, so make sure you're following along there. Follow at Locked on Packers on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Uh, and, and anytime, again, guys, anytime, text, call the Locked on Packers fan hotline. That's what it's there for. I know you're going to have thoughts about these picks, so let me hear it. Let me hear your thoughts, and if they're good, I'll relay them on the show. The Locked on Packers fan hotline is 920-341-3775. It is, as it has always been, the best way for you to stay Locked on Packers.